Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your purpose and your plan that has, since the beginning, included motherhood. And I thank you that uh, such a, an amazing role, a noble role, and one that is very necessary and, and quite, quite um, uh, much is depending upon that role. I thank you that there is supernatural help and assistance. And today we're going to see from your word the supernatural help that you do give us in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So today, what we're calling this Mother's Day message is, um, yeah, my mom wears army boots. So I don't know if, if mama jokes, mama jokes are real big in Australia, but where we grew up, yeah, mama jokes were big. But uh, this one in particular, uh, my husband has said this sometimes about me if I uh, am a little bit strong. He says, my mama wears army boots, and he says it in Italian. And uh, that's when I know that I've gone too far. <laughs> so anyway... Um, but anyway, we're going to look about mama wearing army boots, our mom wearing army boots. Why, why would we even bring this up? And why would a mom need army boots unless she's actually in the military? My father, uh, you know, served uh, in, the, in the army, actually, and he did basic training in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, which was tremendously hot in the summertime real cold in the wintertime, and he took us there on a family vacation one time. And so as we were driving through the, the base, uh, we passed a, a platoon of students, I don't, or students, of, of, of military soldiers as they were marching along, you know, in formation, and the sergeant was barking out orders, and they were marching along in perfect order and perfect sync, you know. And it was quite impressive, you know, and they had their weapon there and all. And then we went around the a corner, and there was this other motley group of people that were also uh, marching in order, but they were, uh, they were so sad to look on because they, they couldn't march. They were just crippled up, and they could, barely, they could barely take steps. And so, of course, as kids, we said, what is that? Because they had the right uniform on and stuff, but they were just pathetic. And if you were to, um, you know, because that was an American army base, uh, yeah, nobody would be afraid of anybody that looked like that. <laughs> looked just so sad. And so Daddy said, the reason they're walking like that is because this is a new group, and they have just gotten their boots and they have worked blisters, and they've probably broken up things in their feet, and they, can, they literally can barely walk. So today I have worn, uh, I, don't, I don't have any army boots of my own. I've got a number of shoes, but none of them are these. So I borrowed David Pellows. 
And um, they're actually, they actually fit pretty well, which is scary. <laughs> I do have some thick socks in there. But anyway, uh, this would not be my common choice of shoe to wear. They are not extremely, they're okay, okay, they're okay. But uh, I, 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 okay, next Sunday, I'm not going to wear these again. I just thought I needed to match what was on there. So, you know, I was just trying to do the deal. So, but it will never happen again. If you ever want to see this, take it now because it won't happen again. But, um, but why, would, why would army boots be necessary for a mom? Well, they're not necessary in the natural, you know, if, unless you're in the military. And then it wouldn't be because you're a mother. Uh, but why would a mother need army boots, even spiritually speaking? What would, what would be the need to have this kind of gear? Why would you do have to put it on purposefully? Most of the shoes that I have, I don't even have to bend over to put them on. I can just slip them on. I actually had to work these strings and, and do it on purpose, spiritually speaking, the boots that we're going to talk about, they don't, it doesn't just happen automatically. And the weapons that we're going to talk about today don't just happen automatically. It's very purposeful. But is it necessary? Well, I'm telling you, according to John, the 10th chapter in verse 10, it says the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy but I have come that they might have a rich and satisfying life. Again, the first part of that verse of scripture, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If, if you don't know that there is a thief, that there even is an enemy, then the first strategy to stealing, killing, and destroying in your life has already been accomplished. Because he works the best under disguise or through ignorance, if you don't know there's an enemy, then he's already eating your lunch one way or another. So the first thing that we have to know and then to remember is I have actually an enemy that wants to hurt me, hurt my family, hurt my kids, the relationships in my life, hurt my body, hurt anything about me, destroy. All right? Now, uh, God has, where moms are concerned, he has hardwired moms with a fighting thing for their babies. And um, generally speaking, even in the animal kingdom, uh, animals can be quite fierce. An animal mom can whoo, be amazingly fierce if you mess with her babies. And so I was looking on YouTube about fierce moms and mad moms, you know, somebody's messed with their baby. And I, uh, boy, this rat took on this big, long black snake that got a baby little rat in its mouth. She clobbered that big, long snake, got the baby out of it, out of its mouth, and then chased the snake into the bush before coming back to pick up its little baby and all. Amazing. A cute little bunny rabbit. The same thing with a snake. The baby little bunny rabbit got in the snake's mouth, and boy, I'm telling you what, that mother 
bunny. Looks really cute on a birthday card and all. Don't mess with the baby. Telling you what, those back legs were thundering on that black snake. Amazing. Uh, this water buffalo in Africa had a little calf. And here came a pride of lions to take that little... Boy, I'm telling you, that water buffalo mama took on the whole pride. And um, it was quite amazing to watch how that happened. And they, they were kind of relentless. And finally, one of the, one of the lions grabbed the, the calf and started going off with it. And then here came the whole herd of buffalo. I thought, yeah, that's the whole prayer team. That's when the mom puts a prayer request in for the, for the child. And, whoa, here we all come. And, boy, they got that little calf away from, that, from those lions. Elephants. Oh, I saw this mother elephant uh, on, the, on the YouTube that the, her baby got into a well, and she worked nonstop for 11 hours to help dig, dig that little baby out. Just relentless, relentless. It's hardwired in the instinct of a mother to, <coughs> to fight. Let's, I, if you'll roll this one, I just thought I'd let you look at one of the ones I looked at. This one is of a giraffe. Now we see here, look at there's a, some lions are after, not the mama, after that baby. And they're just looking at it. They can taste that little giraffe. But look at that mama. Okay, that's a mean mom. That's a mom with army boots. Notice, when those lions are there, she doesn't run off and say, whoa, this is too tough. I'm out of here. You've just stirred her up and made her mad. Spiritually speaking, there's some tools that help us that even a natural instinct don't give you an advantage in. There is that wonderful fight thing that a mom, that a mom has that God has given to motherhood. However, not all the time is that fight thing expressed exactly right. Sometimes it protects where it actually should direct. It should be open for help. And sometimes mothers protect their children from actually correction that is needed. Oh, somebody said, yeah, somebody has experienced that. But that's a natural, that is a natural uh, instinct in, in a mother. Spiritually speaking, we have more um, more advantage and we have a wisdom and we have spiritual tools to help us. Why? Because not every weapon against our child and not every enemy against our child is a natural one. Let's look at who is the enemy. And not just our children, but in our life, our family, our relatives, our, our own mothers, our own fathers. Anybody who is dear to us, who is the enemy against them? Well, this word of Scripture says in Ephesians 6.10, it says a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on 
all of God's armor so that you might be able to stand firm against all the strategies, again, of the devil. There is a devil, and he does have strategies to steal, kill, and destroy. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. So, wow, let's finish reading the verse and we'll comment. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. What we can see from this portion of scriptures is that in our lives, what the enemy would love to do, and part of the, his strategy for stealing, killing, and, and destroying is getting us to see people as our enemy. He'll make enemies in a home. He'll make enemies of, of parents and children, of husbands and wives. He'll make enemies where they're colliding. And this verse of Scripture is absolutely clear that our enemy is not flesh and blood, is not a person. Why this is such a good strategy of the enemy is because he can pick a fight, he can start a fight in a family, he can start a fight among friends, among, uh, among co-workers, he can start a fight and then step back and watch them just finish each other off. He doesn't even have to... He doesn't even have to stay there and enforce it. He just starts it, and we end up biting and devouring one another, picking on each other until we pick each other to death. So this says we're not fighting people. So whoever we're having a struggle with right now, um, there is something behind the problems that we're having. And it's very clear here that we're fighting unseen enemies that are working to, as we saw in John 10, 10, to, st to steal, kill, and destroy. There are unseen enemies. Well, I'm telling you, none of those things that those mother animals could do or did do or any human mother has ever been able to do naturally ever even touches these enemies. Doesn't touch it. Some people let somebody have it. And actually, the person, the, the entity that has started the problem isn't even touched, is not even scathed. So we want to be able to connect with the real enemy and put him to flight. There's actually an armor from this verse of Scripture. We see that there's actually, uh, because of the, the, the warfare that is in life, it requires actually an armor from head to toe, which we're not going to be able to, to go into. But this chapter uh, names all of the pieces. And then finally, in verse 16, it talks about our weapons. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So I'm going to ask you the question because right here uh, we have a shield to stop the fiery darts of the wicked. Have you ever been hit by somebody's words? They may have even said them over the phone. They were miles or kilometers away, maybe even uh, cities away. But their, their words... 
bam, they got you. If we don't know how to take up the shield of faith, our lives end up being like a pincushion. We just take in all the fiery darts and then, and then we try to, uh, you know, recoup and recover. And sometimes people take a whole lifetime to recover from things that have speared them through words or actions that somebody else has done. The Bible says here that there is a shield of faith. How does faith come? I'm asking you. How does faith come? Faith comes by what? And hearing by what? And hearing by the word of God. So when God tells you something, when God gives you a promise on something, when God gives you a word of encouragement on something, those words then become a shield of faith. You don't have a shield of faith just because you're a Christian. You don't have a shield of faith just because you know Christians. You don't have a shield of faith just because you have Christian books at home or that you even attend church or that, that you have coffee with Christian people. You have a shield of faith because you're in communication with God and that communication gives you faith and that faith is a shield. And you can use what God has said and then things that are meant to be harmful and, and painful to you can actually hit the shield instead of hit you. Praise the Lord. But notice, it doesn't just give you a shield which is defensive. It also says that there is a sword of what? The Spirit, which is the Word. That word there is actually the word rhema, which means what God is saying. So the same word that gives you a shield to protect yourself also becomes the word that you fight with. Hallelujah. You can hide behind that word, but this is where your boots come on. That same word becomes a sword that you go after whatever's trying to destroy in your home and in your life. And you will not have it. Amen? Now let me give you another, um, uh, let me give you another weapon. This weapon is an interesting kind of a weapon. It is the weapon of praying in the Holy Spirit. The weapon of praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, Ephesians, the sixth chapter in verse 18, it says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Praying in the spirit is praying in a language that God gives us when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We'll give you an opportunity if you've not had that to be filled with the Holy Spirit before you leave here today. You can, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. It'll change your life. But praying in the Holy Spirit enables you to pray for things and about things that you don't know exactly how to wrap your head around it and don't know what to say. Anybody in here experience not knowing what to say? Not knowing what to say to God and maybe not knowing what to say about that circumstance. You don't know exactly what it is. Praying in the Holy Spirit connects you directly heart to heart with God. 
through that heart connection can come understanding and enlightenment so that you do know what to say. But praying in the Holy Spirit is absolutely vital. All right. Um, I'd like for uh, Debbie to come up. Could you please? Um, Debbie and her husband, Jude, are precious people. They've been, they probably greeted you when you came in the door. But um, Debbie um, has, and her husband both share a great love for bringing people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, Debbie in her life and in her particular situation, not where a child is concerned, but actually her mom, she had the opportunity to use both of the weapons that we've just gotten through talking about. And so, uh, Debbie, could you just share first about how you used the word as a weapon? Okay, uh, let's see. Um, I think I'd better start from about, it's actually 22 years ago that uh, I was in New Zealand and um, I really heard the Lord speaking to my heart in prayer and he said, I want you to leave New Zealand and go and live in Australia for him, not, not for me. And uh, I made this agreement with the Lord. I said, I would go uh, provided he saved my mum. Now, I know the word said, there's a promise in the word, but I wanted that word not in the Bible. I wanted that word in here. You know how you have to hear a now word? It's got to be in here. And uh, he said, go. And, he, and that he would do it. And I said, very well. So I did. I left. That was uh, 1996. And um, it's actually... Okay, now, uh, within these 22 years... By the way, my mum has been saved just this last month in March of this year. Yeah, which you're going to tell us about that too. Yes. I want you to tell us and, about um, it. But... I wanted to tell you, within those 22 years, it has not been an easy 22 years. The enemy has actually, when I say the enemy, I mean the devil, has actually tried to take my mother out so many times. And the one thing I've realized is you have to have, number one, a word in you. Not in the Bible, it has to be so... I just know that I know. I remember when my sister rung me, she had a report from New Zealand that actually said that um, our mother was actually dying in a hospital in New Zealand. Mm. And I said, um, at that time actually, it's really funny because I actually left my iPhone uh, at home and she had sent me about eight Texas and tried to phone me six times and so when I eventually got home and I saw my iPhone she rang me and she said where have you been our mother is dying and as soon as I heard that I thought what she said she's in hospital in New Zealand and she's dying I said that's impossible because I have this promise that is more alive in me yeah. than somebody else telling me something. And she said, well, this, this, she sort of went through, apparently uh, she's had a complete blood transfusion and uh, she's actually dying as a result of it. So there's nothing they can do. So they said, call the whole family up. 
and get them back to New Zealand and so forth. In fact, they didn't believe she would last the night. Mm. And I remember saying, it just, that word is so here, it's just here. There's nothing that's going to convince me. And I said to her, look, I tell you what, what I'm going to do, she said, I guess we should pray. I said, well, we're going to do more than pray. I said, I, I need to go away and just talk to the Holy Ghost. And I actually got some arsenal, and that is the word. And he started to give me the word, and I don't want to call it scriptures, because the moment it comes out of that, th those pages, it becomes to me word, and it's living, and I have a blood covenant, and I am going to speak those words through this powerful blood covenant that we have. And so when I got back on the phone, I, we, I said, I'm going to speak and declare. I said, all I want you to do is agree. And she, she said, oh, okay, I'll just agree. So uh, about after, after we had, de well, I had declared and she had agreed, uh, about an hour, and a, an hour and a half later, she received the report from New Zealand that the doctors don't know what's happened. A miracle has happened. Her, her body is just receiving the blood. And she's actually awake. And wow. they just couldn't understand it. Actually, the doctors said it is a miracle. It's a miracle. Praise it's God. It's a miracle. And um, yeah. then the enemy tried to take my mum out with a stroke. And uh, I remember, again, that word, that's impossible. But again, I went to the Holy Spirit. I said, what word do you want me to use here? And again, when you declare the word of God, it's, it doesn't matter that it's a thousand miles away. No. It's all powerful, you know. So that word goes straight into that hospital room and does what only the word can do, resurrect. You know, it's living. And I saw it. And, and so that's one of the things that I see. It's a living word to me and a blood covenant word to me because I'm a blood covenant purchased child of God. Yeah, so yeah. so this is a demonstration or it is an example of when you hear the word of the Lord to you and it comes in your own heart, then when there is something contrary to that, that's what you fight with. That's right. And it makes it makes you absolutely determined. So now, uh, tell us about how praying in the Holy Spirit helps set that situation up for your mother to get born again. Oh. Well, uh, this year in March, I was actually in, uh, I was just in prayer at home, and I was praying in the Holy Ghost. And uh, the Holy Spirit, I just heard him say to me, the time for your mother's salvation has come. And I thought to myself... I didn't think 22 years ago. I just thought, now? And he said, and you will be going to New Zealand, and uh, it's not going to be what you think it's for, but it's going to be for your salvation, uh, the salvation of your mother. And so I, um, it came to pass, actually. A couple of days later, one of my sisters rang and said, look, we have to all come together in New Zealand. It's for legal matters, and uh, we all have to be present. And I said, okay. And uh, so it, it was very quickly, was in, within a matter of days, that I found myself on the plane with my other sister here from Brisbane flying out to 
New Zealand. And I knew it was for the salvation. I'd already been told, it's the time, he said, for your mother's salvation. So I told her, and uh, when I got to New Zealand, um, I also told my other sister. And so uh, the, the one thing I realised was that we had to be in unity. And uh, the other one was that um, he wanted us to... Well, well, I should explain that, first of all, my mother, it's not been... How can I put it? Uh, my mother has been under someone who's been under an influence that has prevented the gospel. And uh, when I say that, I'm not saying that that which he's under the influence of. I'm saying that my mother's respect for that person was not to entertain anything other than what she had heard so many years ago. My mother's 83, by the way. And so when we got there to the house, uh, the first instruction, he said, I want you to do exactly what I tell you. And that is, I want you praying in the spirit, not just me, but my other two sisters. And uh, so this was going to be a collective family coming together. And I want you also to uh, put on that love, which is love that person that appears to be... uh, you know, influenced and trying to stop that gospel coming and to your mind. And that person was there. Yes. That person was there. And so you're praying in the Holy Spirit. Yes. All right. And then he just said, uh, just take your iPad and show your mom uh, from John chapter 3. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, and I want you to read it. So I went up to mom and the person is actually sitting right next to my mom. And uh, they generally answer for my mum. And uh, so I've got this love for the person beside my mum as well. That was very important, the love for the person as well, because it's not the person. It's what's influencing that person. And so uh, I I went up to mum and I I said, do you mind if I just share this with you? So I started to read from John chapter 3. And I got to the part where it said, unless a man is born again of water and of the spirit... And my mum said, stop. And I said, "Uh, yes, mum. And she said to me, uh, she said, can I ask you a question? And I said, well, yes, mum. And she said, two days ago, I ran into a man by the name of John. And she said, "Um, I didn't recognise him. He came up to me and... uh, I looked at him and said, what's happened to you? She said he was all crippled over and he walked right up to her. So he had, she'd known him to be crippled, but now he's standing. He's standing up straight and it's in the supermarket. And uh, he said to her, well, uh, these young people, these are his exact words he told mum. He said, they actually hijacked me and took me to a meeting and I actually ended up getting born again. And this man is in his 80s as well. So some young people had actually taken... And while I was at it, I got healed. Wow. And um, so that's all mum got to hear. So mum said, can I ask you, is, is that what born again is? I said, yes, mum. And uh, mum said... oh Mum said, uh, can I be born again? 
And um, I know that I know that the Holy Spirit, the person beside my mum, was totally silenced. Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, yes, mum. She said, can I be... Can I be born again right now? I said, yes, mum, you can. And I said, um, oh, I said, mum, I'm going to pray for you. I just want you to repeat this after me. And uh, mum did. And as I laid my hands on her, oh, she got filled with the Holy Ghost. And she just started praying in tongues. She doesn't even know. <laughs> she doesn't even know what praying in tongues is. And her hands go flying up in the deep, up in the air. And she's just out of her mouth. It's just coming praise and worship to the Lord in another tongue. And her face is just lit up like a light. And I'm just looking at my mum and I'm thinking, the Holy Ghost is doing all this. And uh, because he had said to me, I've opened a door for you. So I could see him orchestrating everything. None of it was me. None of it was our sisters. We just came in agreement with his plan. And, uh, excuse me. She said to me, is there any more? And I said, mum, you can be baptized in water. And she said, would you baptize Oh, would you baptize me? I said, yes, mum. And um, we went in the bathroom. Mum was already in there. She was so cheery. She was so happy. And she just couldn't wait. She said, I was forced to get baptized all these years ago. She said, but I didn't want to be baptized into that, that belief system. I said, but today, mum... You want to willingly be baptized into the body of God. She said, I do, more than anything. And so I got the privilege of baptizing my mother in water. Wow. And uh, mum had been, she had been riddled with arthritis in her arms and her legs. And she could not hold herself up. And when she got out of the baptismal tank, she was completely healed. <laughs> the Holy Spirit just went exceeding abundant above anything I would even ask or think. And she was, I don't know if you can imagine, an 83-year-old running around the house. She had her arms up and she was running around going, I'm born again, I'm born again. I've been healed, I've been healed, I've been healed of arthritis. And I, it was just... You know, a 22-year promise coming to pass. And I had the privilege of being a part of it. Oh, that is so beautiful. I love that. And uh, the next day I said to my mum, what do you, in your own words, think being born again is? And she said, I can't find words to describe, but to me it's like love has come into my heart for the first time in my life. I said, that's the perfect answer, because he's coming. And I thought, my mum has lived 83 years wow. on this earth, and now 
She's got to experience love himself coming to her. That is so her. beautiful. I love this, this story because it illustrates something. It illustrates the word that God gave to, to Debbie, holding her mom in a place where even when there was life-threatening circumstance, the word of the Lord to Debbie was that, that she would be born again. So when there was, the, there was that problem in her body where she was dying, and then, then the stroke as well, both of those different life-threatening situations, she was able to use that promise as a sword and say, get off my mom, I have a promise from God. God has promised that my mother would be born again. And so this cannot be. And then I love also that you use the other weapon that we're talking about today, about praying in the Holy Spirit. And even though that controlling person was still there, that your mother never, ever did anything other than what that person allowed her to do, because you prayed in tongues, it neutralized Absolutely, yes. <laughs> it neutralized that, and your mother was able to make a choice on her own. And she made it from her heart. From her you heart. Know, it wasn't yeah. forced. No, um, no. And so that's why she was glowing like a light bulb, I think. And yeah. I, I want to add this. Um, the funny thing is, over the years, as you get in to talk with one another, and people say their families are saved, I actually have always called my mother saved wow. from 22 years ago. Yeah. It's just manifested. So if you're trying to get together that when the time comes, it's really going to be difficult. The word has to be alive in you. And so anything that comes to challenge that word, it's more real than, than touching someone. Yeah. So I'm saying for 22 years, I'm saying for 22 years, yes, she's saved. Yes, she's saved. And, you know, you get into little groups and go, oh, your family's saved and yours is saved and yours. And I'm going, yes, my mum's saved. <laughs> and it didn't seem I was trying to make it up. It's, it's just too real. It's, it's so alive in me yeah. that to me she is. Yes. So time oh, is nothing beautiful. to God. 22, 22. I don't even know where the 22 years have gone. Yeah. I want to tell you, I haven't been crying in that 22 years. I actually thought he was going to, the Lord was going to send someone else someone else, uh, maybe an older couple or, or whatever, but that wasn't the case. So it wasn't 22 years of worry, stress, or crying, or thinking maybe, or it was too late. The moment I took my step into Australia, as far as I was concerned, it was done. Amen. And today, today in telling her testimony is now when she's crying. Yeah. But it's not cr cr tears of, of stress and uh, worry. It's, it's tears of joy. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so much. Praise God. These weapons work. They have to be used, but they work. And not every word is the same to each person. Like that word was very individual, very personal. It was the word of the Lord to her. Bible verse of scripture can, can be something that comes up out of that page and becomes your word. And when it does, it becomes your sword. And the blessed Holy Spirit that is the, the author of the word of God 
is also our empowerer. Um, I want to tell you one more, one more weapon. We're not even going to go into detail. I'm going to only mention it to you because I think it's important for, for some people that are here. There is another set of weapons in our arsenal. And this set of weapons is, are they're actually secret weapons. You would never suspect them as weapons. And they are found in Galatians, the fifth chapter, and they are the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is not a, a set of weapons that are for the devil. You don't throw love, joy, peace at the devil. However, there are people in our lives that have thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, according to what Second Corinthians, the 10th chapter, tells us. Thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. And they're harsh and they're mean and, and they're, um, they do ugly things, and they're full of fear and hatred. What do you do with people like that? Do you rebuke them? Do you come against them? No. What you do is use the fruit of the Spirit on people. You use your, the Word of God on the devil, and you use the name of Jesus on the devil but you use the fruit of the Spirit on people. You watch, according to Romans, the 12th chapter, the very last verse, it says in verse 21, don't be overcome with evil. Overcome evil with good. And as long as God is God, there is good coming from him. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. The fruit of the Spirit is all good. The love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, faithfulness, and meekness, all of those wonderful characteristics that strengthen us also help set people free. And so love is stronger than hate. Joy is stronger than depression and oppression. Peace is stronger than confusion. Every gift of the Spirit will neutralize whatever is coming from the enemy to help bind people up. Praise God. Let's use those gifts. But today, I want to encourage you. If you have used a promise of God or if God has given you a word, don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't just even leave that sword in a sheath. Get that sword out and the word in your mouth. If Andy, if you can come and, the, and your team can come. As you speak the word, when you speak the word, I know this morning I woke up really quite early and there were a couple people that were on my heart, three people that were really on my heart, and they don't live anywhere close to me very far away, but according to Psalms 107, verse 20, it says, he sent his word and healed them. Do you know when you speak the word of God, just like what Debbie said, her mother was down in New Zealand when that attack came onto her body to, near, to kill her, but she was speaking the word here in Australia, and God, God restored her mother in New Zealand. You don't have to be on the spot. I'm telling you, the word is such a help for mothers because you can't always keep your children right next to you. You, you wouldn't want to. You would, you would cripple them if you made them live their life on your lap. 
But oh, I'm telling you, there is a word, the word of the Lord that you can speak, and no matter where your child is, no matter what your child is involved in, the word of the Lord is a strong weapon. And the power of the Holy Spirit is real. And when you pray in the Holy Spirit, believe that the work of the enemy is being neutralized, just like it was in, in uh, Debbie's mother's life, so that her mother was able to come out from under that control and hear the word of God and respond from her heart, receive Jesus as Lord. Guys, let's use these weapons. Let's keep our boots on, whether you're moms or whoever you are. Let's use the word of God and let's use the weapon of praying in other tongues. Father, I pray for every person here that as they go from here today, that you'll remind them who the real enemy is, who the real helper is, and the real weapons that you have given us to triumph in Jesus' name. Father, I also pray that if there's anyone here today that is just tired of the way life has been and they want to change in life, they want to change not just in what's around them, they want to change in them. Father, I thank you today that you are the life changer. You're the situation changer. And there is nothing too difficult and there's no one impossible. And so, Father, if there's anyone here that has never come to you, even for a first time, today is that day for them. Oh, Father, thank you for the urging of the Holy Spirit that will help them not put off today, but will go ahead and come to Jesus and let Jesus do in them what he wants to do to give them life and life more abundantly. Father, if there's anyone here that's never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you're the one giving good and perfect gifts today on this Mother's Day, really any day, but on this day, you would fill somebody with the Holy Spirit that has never been. If there's someone here today that has lost their way, they found themselves wandering away from the things of God that they used to love and care for and, and be involved with. And today is the day that they're coming back home. Father, help them to know that you love them. You take them in. You don't cast them out. You don't condemn or scorn them, but you love them and help them. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.